It's the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Boston's Sports Original. Hour number three of the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. It's a full throttle Friday. You guys can join us at 617-779-7937. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. And if you miss any of the program, you can check out the Rich Keefe Show podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Get all the hours broken down for you right there. Listen to them whenever you want. Before we get back to the calls, let's add this to the mix. Diana Rossini, who, listen, doesn't get every single one of these scoops correct, but uh, this is some information that she has put out here recently. She said wide receiver Mike Evans... Plans to hit free agency for the first time in his career, per sources. Tampa and Evans are in discussions, but he wants to explore his options. This doesn't mean Evans' time as a buck is over, but he plans on hearing from all teams before making a decision. All right, so maybe, just maybe, Mike Evans could uh, spin loose there. Of course, an incredible career. Ten years, all with a 1,000 yards. Uh, he is 30, 30, so he'll be 31 by the time next season starts. I think he has a few more really good years left in him. And believe it or not, I think if the plan is Baker Mayfield, I think try to get both those guys. If you if the plan is a rookie quarterback or I was going to say maybe Fields, but specifically a rookie quarterback, I don't know. I might go a little bit younger. Like You might be kind of wasting Evans in a way. Like yeah, how- I think Evans is sort of looking at that quarterback market. I think, well, first he's looking at yeah. Tampa being like, okay, what's your plan? Who's at coming back? Or who, right. yeah, if, it, if it's Baker Mayfield, he might be more inclined to sign. Or he might be, as you said, like wanting to maybe follow along with Baker Mayfield. And that's the beauty of it is like you just, it's just money for those guys. There's no draft picks or anything like that. that and you have I think to, there's a up. team that has enough to afford them both. Yeah, get them both. Get them both, and then that really frees up the draft to do whatever you want. That would be the only time. Well, no, even then, draft Harrison still. Then to have Harrison and Evans together and with uh, with Baker Mayfield, now you're cooking with gas. I don't, I don't know. I feel like he's sort of – I said initially he might be Chiefs bound, but I feel like that's sort of a guy Kansas City might be targeting. Evans? Yeah, I, yeah, could, they say, I could see it. They should. I was shocked they didn't go after Hopkins last year. Or I just wonder if they're they're like, well, we can win with anybody, and they're just so stubborn on it, and they're gonna not gonna give Mahomes help until uh, until he loses. Uh, let's go to the phones. We got Ethan in Newton. He will lead off this hour of the program. What's up, Ethan? Hi, I went to uh, the uh, game between the uh, Tampa Bay and uh, 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 Jacksonville on December twenty fourth, and got to see Baker Mayfield play against Trevor Lawrence. Nice. And it was an education in that uh, Baker Mayfield was playing like a pro, and Trevor Lawrence looked like he was playing from college or high school. Hmm. He was a little injured, so that probably had something to do with it. But the game was a rout. The final score was 30-12, to 12, but uh, it was really like 30-6. to 6. Mm-hmm. And Baker Mayfield really could have scored more than he did. He was kind of held back at the end. But I was watching the game not thinking about the draft, saying, wouldn't it be great if, if we could get Baker Mayfield? Yeah. And that guy that guy was terrific. His passes were perfectly thrown. He was able to scramble in the pocket. He was mobile. Uh, it was just a great game. 
Yeah, very good, Ethan. And I'll tell you, you don't need to sell me on on Baker Mayfield at all. And thanks for the call. I I've been a a big fan, and I think even his days in Cleveland, like you think you almost have to grade grade it on a curve. Like the good seasons were actually great, considering you know what was going on around him, who the coaches were, just like what that franchise was like at that time. They have since kind of turned it around. I think he helped it. And now they're winning sort of in spite of the move they made at quarterback to get Deshaun Watson in there. It was Joe Flacco was winning more games than than Watson was. I really like the perspective. Like, remember in Oklahoma when he was, like, hated, no one I liked him, uh, He was man. doing all of that. Yeah. And then, like, look at, like, he's become the sympathetic figure when they brought yeah. in Deshaun Watson. Everyone was like, what about Baker Mayfield? And then yeah. the same thing with, like, every situation he goes in. Uh, they should have just kept him. Cleveland would have had so much... They would have had so many more draft picks, so much more money. They wouldn't have had to deal with all of the uh, the blowback to bringing in Watson, and he hasn't even been good. Then he got hurt, so they would have been better off with him. But Baker Mayfield's twenty nine years old, I think, or he's twenty eight, but he'll be twenty nine coming up and before the season starts. Is he like the top? Are you saying like this is that top option that you want? You I, want I, Baker? Yep. The draft and then Justin Fields. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Uh, I would take Baker because I think. I love the idea of pairing Baker Mayfield with Marvin Harrison Jr. Because my number one, I want Marvin Harrison Jr. with the third pick. I'm super intrigued by Caleb Williams, and especially if I think there's there's so much negativity about him now. I don't know if it's enough to bump him down two spots, but if it is, it'd be hard to, to pass up on him. But if you could take Harrison at three, and then if you sign Mayfield... Well, now your second and third round picks, you can either go tackle, tackle, you can go tackle another wide receiver or whatever, but I think you're setting your stuff up. Plus, because they have so much money to spend, if you have Baker Mayfield, now you're more enticing to Mike Evans or to Calvin Ridley or to some of these other guys that you could potentially bring in as well. So yeah, now I'm I'm more and more intrigued by Baker Mayfield. Obviously, there's a clear connection with the guys here in New England. Elliot Wolf was there. Uh, he was the assistant GM in Cleveland for two years. One of those years, they drafted Baker Mayfield number one overall, and then Alex Van Pelt had him for a couple of years in Cleveland as well. Uh, let's go to John in Rhode Island. He joins us next. What's up, John? Hey, Rich. Love the show. Thank uh, you. I completely agree with you on taking Mar- Marvin Harrison at three. Um, I really think that Jaden Daniels is similar to Justin Fields. Um, so this would be my two-year plan. I would draft Harrison I would trade 34 for Fields. You'd have to pick up the fifth-year option, so you'd have two years with them. Uh, and then you'd side Calvin Ridley, sign Saquon Barkley. And then, I mean, I mean, if you have, you have two years with Fields, and if, if, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, you're either back in the quarterback class or, um, you know, in the free agency. But you still have Harrison for another three years if you draft him. Um, I yeah. think this receiver class is deep. But I think there's one sure thing at the top, and that's Harrison. You know, I like neighbors too, but I think Harrison is a a can't miss prospect. Like uh, Calvin Ridley, I mean, excuse me, um, Calvin Johnson, Calvin Johnson yeah, yeah. AJ Green. Yep. You know, yeah, kind of like that guy. So uh, I'm completely with you on taking Harrison at three. Um, but if you, if they're thinking about Daniels at three, I would I would honestly trade for Fields because he's he's very similar to to Fields. He's explosive, big arm, but has trouble reading coverages so yeah have a good night rich have All right. a good weekend thank you john you too thanks for the call yeah I'm, I'm in on justin fields as well i know he did he did not have a good year i mean we all saw uh at least what he's capable of in the game two years ago against the patriots that was sort of like fields coming out party he was insane in that game two years ago he, he ran for over 1100 yards 
And he has not had the best situation in Chicago either. They did get him DJ Moore this year, but prior to that, didn't really have receivers. I don't know if you love Matt Eberflus and the coaching staff there in uh, in Chicago. But that would be a guy I'd be willing to take a chance on. A third-round pick, I would do it in a second. And then the, the second-round pick, 34 overall, I think you have to really think about it. But if the, if the Mayfield thing falls through, and if you don't love any of the guys in the top three, then maybe you got to consider uh, consider doing that. The thing is, if you're going to bring in Justin Fields, it's not going to be for – you need to be sure that it's not going to be for a rental because you're basically trading yeah. Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Like, you're basically swapping it, and basically you're drafting Justin Fields at 15 rather than Mac Jones. So you have to be certain that you can ride this guy out for at least two or three years. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, whoever you're taking at 34 overall, like that's a four-year contract where it's not paying them a ton of money. And so Justin Fields, let's see, like all these guys are, they have the fourth year where it's not a ton of money. Base salary, base salary is $1.6 million. And uh, let's see, cap hit is six. That year five option, it goes up to 25.6. So something that Andy Hart mentioned, and I don't did I don't know if Jordan Love signed this with the Packers or I think that there, there is precedence for this. So what you could do is you could say, listen, you're making uh, where's the cash on it? You're making three million next year. Then if we pick up your fifth year option, you're making twenty five. So that's a total of twenty eight for two years. What if we tack on another year and then you get something like? 17 a year or whatever you guys can do the math on that but make it worth his while and maybe he'll commit to one more year so you don't have this long-term control where he's not making a lot of money he could still hit free agency relatively soon but it's like hey you haven't been great enough for us to go like sink a ton of money into you right now but we also don't want to trade a second round pick and then have you walk away in a year so maybe that's sort of the the mindset there with with fields uh john also brought up saquon barkley why not? Why not? Like the running back position for many years was overrated, and now it's getting to the point where it might be underrated. Like it is, it's the the cheapest position in football. You know, if you looked at the uh, the franchise tags, it's the lowest number, not counting like kickers and punters. It's super low. Teams just they don't care. They don't give the second year. It doesn't matter how good these guys are. They're like, nope, not going to do it. And then if you look at who's available, they're all available. Like, they're all free agents. Plus, he's a dude that if you give him split time with Ramondre Stevenson, could be so much better than what he was on the Giants. Because yeah. Saquon was basically the Giants offense uh, last year. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And uh, yeah, and, and Ezekiel Elliott was good. But I think if you get a guy like Saquon Barkley, it jumps up even more. So these are free agents. These are unrestricted free agents that are running backs. Derrick Henry... Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler. Like those are That's sick. It's insane. That's I, a I, sick know it's, draft. I know it's very like That's a sick class. It is. It's very like fantasy football skewed, but whatever. Those guys can still help your team. And nobody wants to pay him. And you could make the case that Christian McCaffrey is better than all those guys. Fine. But when he went to San Francisco, it added such another element to that team. Like rather than like, oh, we're gonna hand Elijah Mitchell the ball a few times, like, no, now we have Christian McCaffrey. And so all five of those guys, now Derrick Henry's 30. We'll see how many more years he has left. He was decent last year. Eckler, uh, I don't know. Eckler might have finally hit the wall a little bit. 
But that's the beauty of it. You have Ramondre Stevenson. So now Stevenson's better because you have one of these other guys. And then that guy's also better and going to be more durable throughout the year. Then there's a whole bunch of other guys, too. Like uh, Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott. You could always bring him back. Zeke, uh, DeAndre Swift. Uh, who else is on here? The Gus Bus. Alexander Madison just got cut. Devin Singletary. Clyde Edwards-Elair. So there's a bunch of guys. I mean, those top five are really where it's at. Oh, A.J. Dillon. Kareem Hunt. It's. I mean... Running backs are going to be available. I mean, it's not the greatest need that they need, but if they no. spend all this cash and have enough that haven't hasn't been burned yet, absolutely go after one of those guys. Well, I also wonder too. Like Alex Van Pelt was in an offense. I know Kevin Stefanski was calling the plays, but for a number of years there with the Browns, they had Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So they clearly, even though Nick Chubb was getting most of the carries, they like to have another running back there, maybe one that they can throw to. Or I think Stevenson, as good as he is. And as much as most of us like Ramondre Stevenson, you can't really give him the ball 20 times. And if Alex, uh, like, hand him the ball 20 times, maybe he has 20 touches, maybe. But Alex Van Pelt talked a lot about, you know, running the ball and running, you know, you're going to win games in the playoffs and running you're running the ball. All right, well, if you're going to do that, you need more than one guy. And I'm not ready to hand it off to whoever the, uh, the guys on their rookie deals are. Grab one of those other guys. And then I'm a yes on Calvin Ridley as well. Like, you probably need... Two of the three, meaning like Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Marvin Harrison, or whoever the best available wideout is with your second round pick, I wouldn't stop at one. Like they need a complete overhaul. Pop Douglas, sure. If, he's, if he factors in, great. You don't want to have to rely on Pop Douglas, but if he's on, if he's your third guy, maybe even your fourth guy, like, all right, maybe you have something. Plus, who knows what they're doing at tight end? Ah, they got a lot. They got a lot to clean up. They have a lot to clean up. But the good news is, after releasing J.C. Jackson today, now one hundred million dollars in salary cap space, plus all these high draft picks, they are truly one of the most intriguing teams in the entire NFL. As far as it, you know, what are they going to do in the offseason? How are they going to rebuild their roster? You guys can join us at 617-779-7937. Also, if you want to hit on the dynasty. Six episodes into the 10-part series on Apple Plus, uh, episodes five and six last night, really highlighting the Matt Castle year and then Aaron Hernandez. So certainly not too uh, – I don't want to even compare the two, but you get my point. Not not really the highlights of – There's uh, no proper Patriot. segue for that. No, there really isn't, and it sort of like lines up time-wise, but it's like you know, they skip over the 03-04 Super Bowls, and then it's like, oh, yeah, here's the 08 season where Brady you know blows out his knee – and now the Aaron Hernandez saga. But all that is on the table for you guys on this Full Throttle Friday. But right now, here is Joe with What's Trending. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI. We have our Week in Review coming up at 845, let's call it. 845 with the Week in Review. You guys can join us, though, anytime now until 10 o'clock at 617-779-7937. Let's go back to the phones right now as David is in North Providence. What's going on, David? Yes, yeah, so how are you guys doing tonight? Good. I got a little hypothetical. All if right. you had, with, we have number three. Yeah. The only choice you have is May or Daniels. I want to know which which quarterback you're going to pick. That's my first question. And my second question is at 34, the only position you can pick is an offensive lineman. 
who would you pick? I'm going to hang up and listen. All right, David. Excellent, okay. excellent call. Thank you for calling. So here's the thing. It, not to question your hypothetical because I will answer it. I will. You're not going to. I'm not going to dodge the question. But what someone you, who would dodge the question would say. That's right. No, that's a good point. No, but so he asked. Correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. He said at three, would you take May or Daniels? To all I'm going to before I answer it, I would just say. Isn't that kind of up to the commanders? I feel yeah, like one of them will already be gone by that time. That's what it feels like. So well, let's let, just say commanders go crazy and decide yeah. to go Marvin Harrison okay. Jr. at number two. Then I would go Jaden Daniels. I I here is the Rich Keefe show current quarterback big board for the 2024 draft. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, Bo Nix, Michael Penix. Spencer Rattler, J.J. McCarthy. I don't like J.J. McCarthy, so I'll put him down. I was trying to think, like, are there any other quarterbacks outside of those Uh, six? I guess the Rattler. The Rattler will probably be the seventh guy. And then, yeah, you got to do, like, a deep dive. You got to pull up the old Senior Bowl rosters and find somebody else. Everybody. And that's it's it's one of those years now, finally, you know, the Patriots, you could never really scout the top guys. There was no interest in – you have all this good intel on the quarterbacks or all this good intel on guys that are going to be going in the top five, and you're like, save it. You don't need it. Patriots are either picking 32 or they're going to trade down to the second round, so you don't even need any of that stuff. So in that question, I would just go with with Jaden Daniels. And then as far as who would I take in this in the second round, it also depends on how many of those big fellas go in the first round. You know, there's a handful that it's like Joe Alt and the kid from Penn State, and there's another couple guys that seem like are going to be gone in the top half of the first round. I saw, I think it was Cadillac tweeting about there's a guy from Houston. I don't remember. I don't even remember his name, but just a monster of a guy. And he showed a highlight video of him just like pancaking guys. I'm like, I'll take him. I'll take him. I don't. I don't know for sure if he'll be there. But uh, yeah, give me best available tackle. I'll sort of I'll trust those guys, meaning like uh, um, Elliot Wolf to sort of figure that one out. Whatever you have there. Uh, also, interesting text from three seven ninety three seven. Add to the quarterback conversation. We were saying how you know Baker Mayfield is available. I would be all in on him. Justin Fields. If a couple things fall through, I would be I'd be willing to give up a draft pick for him. I don't think this is going to happen, but from the 603, what if Jim Harbaugh trades Justin Herbert? So, personally, I think one of the reasons why Harbaugh went to the Chargers was because of Herbert. However, there's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of hype around J.J. McCarthy. And if Harbaugh, his college coach, loves him so much, would he try to get not not that he needs to use the fifth pick which is what they have on McCarthy but they could always trade Herbert for a, whatever you get for Herbert take the fifth pick trade down a little bit get McCarthy or whatever just take McCarthy right there at 5 if somehow some way Herbert's available yeah yeah for sure put him towards the top of my list i would be so stupid i'm sorry you can't trade Justin Herbert and i think he uh i think Hart looked this up the other night he's signed a a massive extension, so he's making a ton of money. So I think the chances of him getting uh, traded, I'm not one of these like, oh, you can't trade that guy because of the cap hit, but it is like towards that extreme end where it might be difficult. Plus, I think he's good, and look at what Harbaugh's gotten out of every quarterback he has ever coached at every level. 
I feel like taking a guy that already has the ability and skill set of Justin Herbert, I think the Chargers could be scary for the next few years. I think Harbaugh could do a, a great job with them. Yeah, I think we both agree the only issue the Chargers had for a couple of years was coaching. I know, and I wanted to like Staley, but the guy's just too much of a maniac with the fourth downs and everything else, and he was a defensive guy, and his defenses sucked the whole time he was there, so that's a tough combination, and so he's gone. But yeah, similar to Baker Mayfield, you look at Justin Herbert, his two coaches, two head coaches, have been Anthony Lynn and Brandon Staley. What exactly was he supposed to win with, with those gentlemen? I can't imagine much. All right, draft combine. The Patriots interviewed... Five of the six top quarterbacks, for some reason, they have not interviewed Michael Penix. I don't know if it was a scheduling thing or if they just straight up don't like Michael Penix. But if you're going to interview J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix, I would think Michael Penix would get an invo- uh, invite as well. But here's Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and Drake May on meeting with the Patriots. Let's start with Caleb Williams. The Patriots were cool. Um, it was it – was, um the room wasn't as packed. They had just a few guys here, um, and 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 you know we talked mainly about ball. Uh, it was a it was a good impression. They were asking me questions um, about my life, um, about ball, um, testing me, and things like that. So all of them kind of all of the meetings were good, um, and they were all kind of in the same ballpark. Everybody, you know, you don't they don't really get to see you and test your mental. So uh, this quick this quick 10, 20 minutes that they have, you know, that's what they're mainly doing, trying to get out of you. All right, so. Not a packed house in there. Here, there's uh, was a Adam Peters, the new owner of the Commanders. Apparently, has been sitting in on these meetings, but he made it sound like not a lot of people in there. So my guess would be what Wolf and Mayo is Van Pelt there. I mean, that's probably you don't probably don't need too many guys in there for the interview. No, it sounds like those two are the ones who are going to be making the decision. Maybe throw in you know Van as you said Van Pelt since he's going to be the guy on offense. Yeah. It is. It's the question that we don't know the answer to yet. Is is Robert and Jonathan Kraft going to step in and say, "Guys, we obviously need a quarterback," or are they going to let you know Elliot Wolf? If Elliot Wolf says, "I think trading down's the way to go," or if Elliot Wolf says Marvin Harrison's the way to go, I don't know because it's all kinds of speculation going back to 2021 with with Mac Jones and whose pick that really was, or just how much influence. Robert had on that. Is Robert going to go right back to that? Well, knowing that Mac Jones flamed out, but you want to get people fired up and interested in your team again, you need a franchise quarterback. And so I wonder how much influence he's going to have on it. All right, so that was Caleb Williams. Let's hear from Jaden Daniels. Jaden, the Patriots have obviously won a lot as growing up as a football player. What would it be to potentially play for them? Yeah, it would be dope, obviously, growing up and, and seeing uh, what Tom Brady did there. Uh, six Super Bowls, you know, that's tough to live up to, but uh, it'll be dope to, to come in there and, you know, see the success they had and, and help them get back on that track. There you go. It'd be dope. Jaden Daniels uh, was barely alive for the Patriots' first three Super Bowls. He might want to watch the Dynasty. That's the funny thing about these guys. That oh, are, if he thinks the team is dope now. No. No, he doesn't now. He's just saying it would be to go there, to be on that team. Jaden Daniels was born December 18th of 2000. So Bill Belichick was already the head coach of the Patriots. Uh, Tom Brady was on the team. And, yeah, Brady uh, was still a rookie he was playing a back, yeah. uh, back fourth, up to Drew. Fourth-string quarterback. And uh, Yeah, it's, it is funny, though, like the impact that Brady has had on all of these guys. Like literally their, literally their entire lives, not just Brady was good, Brady was in the league. 
and he he just retired. Like, yeah, they ago. didn't they didn't know a world without Tom no, Brady. Didn't exist. Didn't exist. So that that all of that's kind of funny. Uh, all right, so Caleb Williams, then Jaden Daniels. Now let's hear from uh, Drake May. Yeah, yeah, I was really impressed with them. You know, Coach Mayo. You know, first congratulated him too. Um, you know, come anytime a new head coach. You know, it was a, a pretty cool experience. So just being in there and um, New England's you know, obviously a great sports town and meet with them. So I thought it went well. I think um, you know New England's a great spot and all these teams are. Yeah, I got a great spot. There you go. How about that? I feel like if these guys had the choice, these guys in particular between the Bears, the Commanders, and the Patriots, regardless of situation and needs, they would choose the Patriots first. Oh. That's a good question. So if they could all choose where they would go. I just feel like this this was the first year that was really, really disorganized in Foxborough. It's been disorganized in Chicago. They can never solve their quarterback. They The commanders just got rid of their crazy owner and all the craziness they've been going through. Patriots have been the most steady yeah. consistently out of those three. And the commanders went with Dan Quinn, which seems insane. Like That's their, that's their coach now. So that was a poor hire. The Bears have Matt Eberflus, who's hanging on by a thread. So, I mean, maybe the Patriots, but then again, like, also a defensive coach. So they all have defensive coaches? Like, that is a... That I'm is, sure Mayo put on, like, the Mayo charm or whatever that he did. I'm sure Mayo's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> he probably had some one-liners but I also similar think, to Burning like, Cash. Depending on what the other teams do, the Commanders at least have Terry McLaurin, and the Bears at least have DJ Moore. Patriots have nothing. Like, if you're a quarterback right now... now they have money in free agency, so they can add to it. They have second, third round picks, so it can turn around and get a lot better. But th- like it's you're kind of doomed. You're set up to fail as of right now. Like those guys, also they could talk about Tom Brady, but as far as like their actual memory, it would be watching Mac Jones. Like if they turned on the turned on the Patriots the last couple of years, they'd be like, "Oh my god, that guy's either running for his life or he's playing scared, or they broke him." Now it's a different it's a different head coach. It's the same organization, you know, Gerard Mayo's promoted up, so we'll see. But, yeah, I don't think any of the three are really that bad Only be- or are horrible because at least Washington has new owners. Like, if, if Washington was Dan Snyder again, I'd be like, yeah, you don't, you don't, you want to get the, you know, as far away from there as, as humanly possible. Uh, another idea I had for the Patriots uh, when it came to the draft is if they don't go the route that I want, which is Marvin Harrison in the first round, I wonder if you go multiple wideouts relatively early. I'm not talking like sixth, seventh round, but do you go second and third round wideout or second and fourth round wideout? And you bring up the uh, Green Bay Packers as an example. And I know Elliot Wolf was there. He hasn't been there recently, but you know I'm sure he's keeping an eye on what the Packers are doing. They they go wide receiver and not in the first round, right? Famously, they wouldn't take a first round receiver while Rodgers was there. But last year, they went wide receiver in the second round and the fifth round and even the seventh. 2022, they went wide receiver in the second round and the fourth round and the seventh round. And in 2021, they went wide out in the third round. But when you're watching that team play, all their skill guys are young and it's you know, Christian Watson was a second-round pick. Romeo Dobbs was in the fourth, and Jalen Reed was in the second. So I guess that would be my ask. So if, if night one, the Patriots just take the quarterback, I know they have offensive line need or issues, but throw multiple shots 
at the wide receivers and see if somebody can stick. Now, normally, when Bill Belichick was drafting, I would have said, not a great plan. They always get the wrong guy. They always identify the wrong wide receiver. But I also don't remember how many times they would take more than one in a draft class. They'd be like, Nikhil Harry's our guy. Like, go with more than one. And Elliot Wolf has to be a little bit better at picking wide receivers than, than Bill was. And when they do pick multiple receivers, they're usually, like, right back-to-back from each other. Like, uh, when was... Uh, Kayshawn Booty was in the sixth round, but yeah. I think Pop Douglas was the round before it. Oh, good point. So last year they took two, but it was both in the sixth round. So, yeah, right. They, they took two. The year before, they had a million draft picks. They took one, and it was Tyquan Thornton. In the second round, it was only Tyquan Thornton. Uh, in 2021, they didn't draft. They drafted one receiver, Trey Nixon, in the seventh round. In 2020, they took zero wide receivers. And it's essentially always been a need. 2019, they took Nikhil Harry and nobody else. 2018, they took Braxton Berrios in the sixth round. 2017, they didn't take any. And then 2016, I think they took two. One of them was Malcolm Mitchell in the fourth and Devin Lucian in the seventh. So I'm talking about second, third, fourth round picks. If everybody's right and the draft is super deep with wideouts, like that's one argument I've heard against my Marvin Harrison pick at one is, ah, there's so many good receivers. You know, Roma Dunze and Malik Neighbors are also going to be in the top 10, but there's so many other guys. Was it Brian Thomas, the teammate of uh, Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors at LSU? Like he's going to be really good. So there's a bunch of them. Well, great. Take a bunch of stabs. Take a bunch of stabs at at wide receiver. So all of a sudden, if you talk about the draft, and if you talk about the guys that are available in free agency, and who knows, maybe there's even a trade. Maybe Elliot Wolf can get uh, creative and find a trade similar to like when when Bill brought in Brandon Cooks, who was uh, the last year of his rookie deal, and he brought him in. Like there might be somebody out there like that that you can uh, make a move on. 617-779-7937. We have our week in review coming up in just a few moments, but let's go to uh, Scott in Westerly. He joins us next. What's going on, Scott? Hi. uh, Love the show. Thank you. Um, The the draft is deep at at lineman, tackle, receiver. I would trade out of the third spot, get some more – Try to sign Mayfield. Got the it. coaches know him. If they can sign him, they can also sign one of those running backs. Okay. Trade down. All right. Pick up a couple tackles. Okay. A receiver. Right. Maybe a corner, and you can kind of rebuild your team, and you're instantly competitive. All right, Scott, appreciate the phone call and the game plan. I, I just don't want to trade out of three because I want the high-end talent. So even if you're drafting Baker Mayfield, or I'm sorry, signing Baker Mayfield like I we we want, take Marvin Harrison, and now you have this stud receiver for who knows how many years. Yeah, you're either getting one of the top three quarterbacks in yeah. the draft. You're getting the top receiver or the top tackle, if you want to go crazy or whatever, you're getting a high-end talent at whatever position. Yeah, so I'm not, you know, you're finally in the top 10 for the first time in so long, and then you're just going to trade out of it and, like, add all these other picks that are sort of like the value lower picks. Yeah, and it's different, like, last year from going from 14 to 17 and then eventually to 19. Like, that's that's mid-route. That's whatever. Yeah, that's where you, like, have to be lucky. 
like more lucky. Because also depending to, on to, how far you go down, you're going to miss out on all of the top, like the top trio of receivers might be gone before pick eight. So if you trade down to like nine or ten, you're like, oh, now we have these extra third round picks. Like, or, and I don't need these extra third round picks. Even like a first round pick next year, depending on who you trade with, what if that's like pick 20? Still has value, but it's not the same as the third overall pick in the draft. I'm surprised, and like the last caller is certainly not alone. We've taken a lot of suggestions about trading down. It seems to be a more popular opinion by the day. I personally not a fan of it. Stick there at three. I'd rather them move up than move down. And then knowing that you do, you still can fill some other needs with all the money you have in free agency. You know, pick number thirty-four is a is a great pick. You could definitely get a, a guy that contributes right away at thirty-four. Yeah, as you said, how many times are you going to get a pick this good unless you're really, really bad? Yeah, and it's possible that they're really, really bad again next year. And then, all right, fine, take two guys in the top five, and now you have two potential stud players. Uh, whatever you guys think about the uh, Patriots offseason, a lot of different opinions out there, which is great, and we have. Uh, Less than two months to to talk about it. So get on the record. 617-779-7937. We'll also get back to the Dynasty, episodes five and six. We'll do that a little bit uh, uh, later on in the program because when we come back, it's time for our week in review on the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. It's certainly been a week. Yeah, Brandon, 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 Brandon. Here's some of the best. Oh, she squashed made. her letterbox before lying. Dirty. Hey, how dare you? You can't say that. You squashed your letterbox. And worst moments. Your former host at Big Mush. It's the Rich Keefe Show's Week in Review. All right, back here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI. Time for our Week in Review. In fact, before we get to that, the Celtics are at the half. At the Garden, they lead the Mavericks 66-59. Luka Doncic leads all scorers with 23 points to go along with six rebounds and six assists. Tatum has 11 points, so I was banking on a MVP candidate off. Although this was the other night he had a slow first half scoring-wise then really picked it up. So I got him at over 26 and a half, but he's still easy in it. He's got 11 points. Uh, Porzingis has 16 against one of his former teams. Jalen Brown and Drew Holiday also in double figures. But uh, the Celtics, who are 27 and 3 at home this year, holding on to a seven point lead at the half. But like we said, it's time for our week in review. And early in the week, Fitzy and I were talking about uh, the dynasty, which we'll pick up uh, just after nine o'clock here coming up. But. Just how Bill Belichick, even in the early episodes when he was talking about stuff, just didn't really look and feel all that comfortable. Belichick sitting there with the suit, you know, tie, the big gray suit, shot at the angle he shot at the neck. Stuffy. Neck up. When, yeah, it just when feels. He, very, uh, when he comes in and he rolls his neck and you hear the bones crack, I'm like, <laughs> that's that's Vader getting off the shuttle here in the Imperial March. That is but, just, oh, chef's it, kiss. This guy's at ease. He's, he's ready to talk. Like... <laughs> Oh, my God. He couldn't be more uncomfortable. I don't know if he's, like, sitting on spikes. Like, good Lord. Yeah, that's been one of my takeaways. It's just Bill agreed to do the documentary, and yet it's the only one of the people up there that feels kind of like a hostage video. Like, he's not fully in. Like, he gave him some, he gave you some stuff. Like, there were, there was some stuff in the early episodes, but it's like, man. So, I know it's kind of skewed against him, and it's kind of, uh, at least in some of these things. 
But he's also there. He's not really doing himself any favors. And I know it can be edited in a certain way, but it's we've all seen this version of Bill at most press conferences, especially after a loss or after like a qu- questionable decision, and he's just not giving you anything. Speaking of Bill, this came out of nowhere this week. I'm certainly not buying it, but the NFL Network had this to say about Bill Belichick. I can tell you based on conversations that I've had with people around the organization, Bill Belichick loved Jaden Daniels. He was a guy on the top of their draft board, okay? He was gonna do everything in his power to try and get that guy. Does Gerard Mayo stick with that and say, okay, we're gonna figure out how we get this quarterback in here? Or is he gonna say, you know what? I'm now the new man in charge. I'm gonna do things my way. I mean, that thing was from the clouds, and I don't buy that for a second. Like, it's great. Like, you know, add whatever to the conversation. We're talking about the same players and the same teams for three months straight, so if you want something new, I I do appreciate that. But to suggest that Bill Belichick already had a full draft board ready to go sometime in February before the the combine, before the interviews, before the pro days, that had a full draft board and that he was dead set on Jaden Daniels, No chance. This is a dude who will not look past one game right after it ends. Seriously, like he's so locked into the NFL season during the NFL season. There's no chance he had a full scouting breakdown of all the guys. And even if, you know, his college scouts told like made recommendations and they weren't ready to go with this yet. Also, we now know his draft board. What was his draft board like two years ago, three years ago, ever we ever know what his draft board is? We assume like once once draft day comes around, you're like, oh, apparently they had Tavon Wilson higher than most. Apparently Cole Strange was a favorite of theirs. But overall, we have no freaking clue. And this was said like so matter of fact. Like, yeah, he loved Jaden Daniels, number one on his draft board. Like, what the hell? Very strange. Uh, Wednesday night, we do a uh, Can I Get a Ruling segment uh, with Fitzy. And one of the questions was about pranks and can like how old do you stop doing pranks to your friends and it prompted uh, a caller uh, first he has something about tipping which we also brought up but you can hear that at the call and then uh, there's I think a decent payoff here <laughs> and here comes the grab bag grab grab bag 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 grab grab bag let's grab a call in the grab bag we have Benny in East Longmeadow what's going on Benny Hey, what's going on, boys? Appreciate you guys taking my call. No problem. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, all right, perfect. Um, so my bad about that. I'm just getting back in the car after the store dash. You guys are talking about tips. Oh, you got me fired up. Um, <laughs> you know, we live off of this thing. First off, shout out to all my DoorDash drivers out here. It's my first day. I love you guys. Um, we're a family, you know. Um, so when it comes to tipping, I think it's super crucial. Tip the guys that are out there, you know, spending their grass to get you guys your food because you won't get off your ass. You know what I mean? Um, second thing, when it comes to, pr- when it comes to pranking, um, you know, I'm all for it. Um, I'm 27 years old now. I think it's, um, it's a valuable tool in terms of keeping relationships and friendships going. Um, I know my friend's got a PlayStation five for sale. Um, the number's four, one, three, six, three, three, eight. <laughs> that was, do I, talk, uh, I I hung up on nope. him. I don't think we got the last nope. one right there, but yeah, yeah doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that, that that was, was Benny. We always that was always tip pizza delivery guys, the DoorDash guys, etc. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, talking yeah. about no the doubt. people that give you something across the counter. Two, 
the, the, the hanging setup. in there for the ending, the setup was tremendous. The setup well was great. <laughs> I was like, well, well wait a minute. And then I'm like, oh, that's just good stuff. Well done. And then so apparently we did get an update to that story because I thought I hung up on the guy in time. It was hilarious, but I was like, I don't know if we should be getting with the guy's number. Apparently the kid called in and was like, I've been getting texts and calls nonstop about this PlayStation. <laughs> So I didn't listen, but that was a good lie because he like He's got bitters. Stuff. He was clearly talking about something else, and then like kind of rocked us to sleep with it, and then bang, uh, talking about pranks, and then boom, prank. So pretty, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, one of our frequent callers, Paul in Rhode Island, who is a big fan of Andy Hart, uh, called. In I yesterday. think big might be an understatement. Yeah, the biggest, the biggest Andy Hart fan, or so I was led to believe. And then you hear this: Hi, Richie. Hi, Randy. How, how are you, Andy? Good. I'm Look, great. get on TV, Where's brother. Randy? You're going places. Thank you. Yes, I'm going I places. Said Andy, Andy. You I said Randy, Randy the first right. time. Thank you. Just like Brandy, which you like to drink. Sure, well, that is true. Hi, Richie. Hi, Randy. <laughs> Richie and Randy. Richie and Randy. Six to ten on EEI. <laughs> yeah, the night show, you do get a few callers that are uh Drunk, like is kind of. I was gonna say having fun. Yeah, sure. But Getting into it a little bit, do that. but probably drunk. Here's another one. I want to talk to Andy Hart for a second. Okay, I gotcha. You can have him. I'll give Thank you his you personal number. You can talk to him off the air. What do you got, Mark? Andy. Mark. I know you watched my movie Christmas Carol animated version. Oh Jesus! It's and I know you Mark. agreed with me that it's the this is the greatest no, movie of all time, Andy. I know you agree with me. That's why you're a mensch. You're the greatest guy of all time. That was the guy that said he was mixing Merlot and Coors Light prior to that call. So anyway, I mean, we'll we'll take you on the night show. Why not? All right, there you go. There's our uh, week in review. Hey, you call in next week. Who knows? You could be featured on uh, on Friday night. 617-779-7937 is the number to jump board. We have Grab Bag coming up at 920. But let's get back to the Dynasty. Episodes 5 and 6 released last night on Apple TV+. Plus. How are you enjoying the series? Did you learn anything? Uh, are, are you still liking it to this point? We'll uh, talk about the last two episodes coming up next here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI.